You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Thank God. <laughs> Tired of the old one, aren't you? Yeah. So, um, reflecting uh, on what we want to look at today, uh, uh, the last time I was here, I spoke uh, to you about the kingdom of God, and we talked about laying a foundation of what that looks like. And uh, today, what I'd like to do is I'd like to, to take a look at one of the treasure rooms in the castle of the king. Uh, and that's marked family. Uh, it's marked relationships. It's marked uh, health and wholeness. And uh, so today what we want to talk about is the, the, the fact that God has called us to his family. Uh, we are uh, sons and daughters of the Most High God. And uh, it's always about identity, isn't it? As we look at our culture today, there's a lot of arguing about identity, isn't there? Uh, we don't necessarily see it that way, but I think it's important to begin to see the scheme of the enemy. And the enemy is always attacking our identity. He's no, he knows that if he can destroy our identity, he will destroy the family. And he, uh, uh, the only way the enemy can get to God is by hurting the objects of God's love. That's you and I. Uh, and that's how uh, the enemy gets uh, to God. And so uh, you and I are called by him and empowered by God to actually be uh, sons and daughters that reflect his true nature and character. You and I are the living witnesses to the empowerment of God and the transforming power that God has for us. As I was reflecting on, uh, I think the last time we talked, uh, uh, we talked about uh, within the castle of the king, uh, in this kingdom that we are a part of, there are various treasure rooms. Uh, if you think about, I like to use the medieval kinds of terms of a, a king and uh, his castle along with all of the, the treasure rooms where he holds the, the treasures of uh, his kingdom. Typically, they're filled with gold and silver and those kinds of things. But in the kingdom of God, uh, the important treasure room is the family of God. And I want to look today into that room. I want to look at the family of God and the power that comes to the king uh, because of his family. As we uh, reflect on 2001, uh, or 2021, yeah, uh, I've, I felt like the Lord said that, uh, that this is going to be a year of transformation for the church. Uh, and I'm talking about the corporate church because he's going to do a transforming work in each of us. We need him to do that. We need him to transform us into his likeness and image. Uh, and so I believe that the year uh, 2021 will be a year of significant change for each one of us. I know 2020 has enough change. We're all like going, I don't want another year like that. Uh, I don't believe this next year is going to be like that. I think that God is going to use uh, the difficulties of last year uh, as a way to really equip and empower the church to become uh, the men and women of God that he's really called us to. And so uh, I want to instill hope in you today, a hope for something that's uh, bright and powerful, at the result of God's intervention into our lives. And, and so uh, change is so important for you and I. 
Uh, and it's done through repentance. And I like to use the term repentance in a way that, uh, to understand it, it's, it's actually agreeing with God, uh, is the way that you look at the, the term repentance. It's uh, the ability to hear the voice of God uh, and that comes in different ways. It comes through scripture. It comes through uh, a relationship with him uh, in our prayer life. Uh, uh, it uh, comes through the, the lives of other people that are believers. Uh, they speak into our lives. Uh, that uh, Proverbs, uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend. It's so true. Uh, and in fact, sometimes it requires that we uh, have uh, hard words spoken into our lives in order to bring about change, in order to confront those things. Now, uh, it's much easier for me to receive a difficult word from someone if I know that they genuinely love me. If they genuinely love me, I know that they're speaking those words as a way to help me, that they're doing it for my benefit. And so uh, when God speaks difficult things to us, he's doing it for our benefit. He is doing that because he's a good father. And so we want to be able to hear the voice of God because in that voice comes the revelation that you and I need individually, uh, and that brings about change. Change is extremely important. All of us need to change. Uh, and in that, then, we see the transformation of our very lives. And so, so for for this upcoming year, I want you to begin to expect God to bring transforming change into your life, into your relationships, and then in that, you begin to see the family change. Now, that's not only your personal family, but it's also the family of God because you belong to a larger family than just the family, uh, your biological or your, uh, that, that, that group of people that you would call family. And so... Um, God deeply desires to bring change to his church. He deeply desires to bring change to each one of us so that we become healthy. And out of that health and wholeness, we then see real family take place. That where we are there for each other, where we are able to encourage each other, where we are there to actually bring resources to each other in order for the mutual benefit of the family of God. And so I believe that we are entering into a time of great excitement and expectation. I would like to dial up faith in each one of us. I want to encourage you this morning to have a greater expectation of God. Now, some would say, oh, I don't know. Is that, is that okay? Absolutely. Expect God to show up in your life, to do the powerful things Many of you are already living testimonies. This past year, you've had God do things in your life. And we love to give opportunity for you to testify to that. Why? Because it encourages us. Uh, uh, when, uh, when I would go to uh, various conferences, uh, the, many times the speaker would have uh, the individuals that received healing or deliverance or transformation in the previous session would come up and testify to what God had done in the previous session. What would happen is you could tangibly feel the rise of faith in the congregation. There would be an increase, and then what would happen is you would see God move, and then a new wave of healing and transformation and deliverance, all of those kinds of things. And so, so you and I have a part of seeing the kingdom break through within this body of Christ. 
You and I, as we begin to pull on heaven, as we begin to, to expect God to break through, as we open our hearts to that, what happens then is God connects with that. It's like plugging your drop cord into the power socket, okay? And so each one of us has that opportunity. And, and so it's so important that we understand that we have an individual responsibility to connect with God. Now, the beautiful thing is, is that God facilitates that. You're not alone in your connection with God. God, the Holy Spirit, is working in your lives to bring about that connection. And he's also working to bring about connection with each other. You and I belong to each other. As a part of this family, we belong to each other. We are for each other. We want the best for each other. And we will do whatever we can to help each of us connect with the power of God and, bring, and see that transformation take place. And so may this year be a new year of, of opportunity in connecting with God and in that receiving from God and out of that being transformed by God and then in that then becoming a contributing part of the family of God, the healthy and whole and beautiful expression that God has uniquely established in this community for his glory. That's a powerful thing. It's what you and I have been called to. And so don't let the enemy dissuade you from stepping into everything that God has for you and for us because our lives are interconnected. You're well aware that in your biological family, what happens with one member affects everyone, right? Good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> We've all experienced it. That is true also in the family of God. That's why God is so intent about building his family, about bringing health and wholeness to his family. Why? Because in that then, what we have is we have a functioning family, a family where people's needs are cared for, a family where people are grow, a family where people launch. Uh, as good parents... You want to cultivate within your children the ability to launch, to leave, and to establish their family. Now, they never leave your family technically. You'll always be bonded to them. But they grow, and they move on, and they mature. And that's a part of the process in the church. We grow up into Christ, into unity, and out of that then, Many times people are launched into other ministries, into other, other churches. Why? Because we carry the power of God in our lives. And God has a much bigger picture for our lives, for this church, than what you may currently have. And so may God dial up within each one of us the ability to pull on heaven and become everything that he has destined us to be. And then out of that, then becomes the seeds that touch the world around. I think that our picture, our expectations of what our lives mean to God is much smaller than what God really has planned for us. And what happens is many times we will, we will discredit the little things don't do that. 
cultivate those things. Everything in the kingdom comes in seed form. I love the spring. I love planting seeds. I love gardening. Uh, my mom and I used to actually do, uh, we used to uh, uh, have a, a large garden, and out of that, we would then bring uh, vegetables to the farmer's market uh, in Central Park in Mason City way back in the day. And uh, uh, we would, uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful thing. It's, it's a wonderful season. Growing up on the farm, it was just kind of woven into my blood, I guess, is what happened. But, uh, but seeing what one seed could produce was, was amazing. I want each of us to remind ourselves that God is doing things in us right now that are in seed form. That out of that, as that is cultivated, and we have a mutual responsibility to cultivate the seeds that are planted in each one of us. And in that, then, we see fruitfulness produced, not only in our lives, but also in a much larger corporate setting. And so there is a call and a destiny on each one of our lives to cultivate what God has deposited within us so that it might produce fruit. Jesus' prayer was that we would produce much fruit. Yeah. So this coming year, your life is going to be much more fruitful from a kingdom perspective than it was last year because God's going to do it. And you know what? You're going to cooperate with him. Because that is a part of it, isn't it? It's cooperating with God, seeing what he's going to do. Okay, so repentance. When we are, receive the revelation of God, what happens then is that begins to penetrate us and it begins to change us. And out of that, then what happens is we begin to agree with God. We begin to see from God's perspective. Don't you want to be able to see other people with God's eyes? Think about how radically different the world would be if each human being was able to see the other person through God's eyes. Wow. That would change everything. And so it starts with you and I, doesn't it? Now, it's easy for me to see what's wrong with other people. Why? Because the kingdom of darkness has woven that within us, hasn't he, in the fall? Remember in the Garden of Eden, what he said to, to Eve was basically, you can't trust God and there's really something wrong with you, and so therefore, I have a solution for you. That's the same thing he says to each one of us, isn't it? You can't trust God, there's something wrong with you, and I have a solution for you. And when you bite, when I bite at that and take hold of that, it produces destruction within me. Same game plan, works on all of us. We're all in this together. Okay, so that's why once we begin to understand the enemy and what he's up to, we can help each other. And so in this upcoming year, you and I are called to help each other see where the enemy might be coming after us and help us say no to that and see what God, and say yes to God. So our goal is to say no to the enemy and yes to God. And out of that comes transforming power. And we are radically changed into his likeness and image. Okay. So 
Uh, it's the revelation of God. The Holy Spirit brings that, and he brings good, good to us. Uh, in these transformed relationships, we will see God uh, destroy the work of the enemy. Uh, it was interesting, uh, and I may have shared this with you before, but um, at one time I was in a, a small group, and this was years ago, uh, and uh, we were being trained to actually listen to the voice of God. Uh, we had some spiritual mentors that were, were helping us, and we would sit in their living room, and uh, we, would, uh, they would, uh, we would listen for the voice of God. And we would tell them what we thought we were hearing, and they go, yeah, that's right, and no, that's wrong. Uh, and you go, that sounds rather arrogant. Who has the right to say? But, but that's what, I mean, they loved us, and they were training us to hear the voice of God. And they were helping us. They were cultivating the seeds that were taking place. Anyway, in that, we begin to see God move in great and powerful ways, not only uh, uh, in our own lives, but in the lives of other people that, were at, that became a part of that group. And one evening, God was moving powerfully. This morning, did you feel God's comfort? Wasn't there was a comfort? And I thought, Lord, that is so good for a brand new year. There was, a, there was just a com very much of comfort in this room. Uh, still is, uh, but he's here to bring comfort. Now, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of comfort. So when you feel comfort, you know that the spirit is moving. You know that the spirit is moving when you feel comfort. And that is, that's part of that enjoyment with the relationship with God. Uh, and so we were, I was sitting in, in, the, in that room, and God was moving, and I said, Lord, why are you moving in such power? What an interesting question, isn't it? You know, I was thankful, but I was just, I was curious. And he says, it's because of your unity. And I literally heard the audible voice of God. Now, that doesn't happen very often. I can, less than uh, maybe two or three times. But I felt, wow, when you can hear the audible voice of God, speak that. It's really important to know that. Okay, going back to the family. Unity is huge. You know you've all experienced discord within your families of origin. You've all experienced discord within the church. Why? Because the enemy is at work. But when God begins to cultivate unity, when we begin to die to ourselves and we begin to come alive in Christ... Unity then automatically occurs. When I know that some of you have been praying for the breakthrough within this congregation, so have I. My desire, I'm a part of this family. My desire is that God break through in this body and transform us. And out of that, then see the transformation take place within this city. But it requires unity, doesn't it? You know how easy it is to get offended? You know how easy it is to see what's wrong with other people? Okay? That's the work of the enemy. That's what he's trying to do. Now, it doesn't mean that there are things that don't need to be talked about. It doesn't mean that we ignore things. You realize that in a family of origin, when we don't actually deal with the issues, they don't go away, do they? Ignoring things is not the solution. 
But when you are able to actually dialogue in love, then what happens is the unity of the Spirit comes. Now, Scripture deals with this. It says if we have issues with each other, whether it be within our biological family or the body of Christ, as we press into God, he brings unity. Why? Because, and I use this in, in marriage counseling, it's like you have a husband and a wife, and I say the problem is, is that God needs to be the center. And so the idea is as you move closer and closer to God, you become closer and closer to each other. And that brings unity. The same is true for you and I within the body of Christ. As we move closer and closer to God, he brings unity. And out of unity, we see the kingdom break through in powerful ways within our lives and the lives of other people. So that is why the Apostle Paul says, oh, do everything you can to press in towards unity within the faith. Why? Because out of that, you see the God break through in your life and the lives of other people. And in that, there is great joy. Yeah, there's, there's more than just unity. Unity then brings joy to our lives. And remember, the family of God, our biologic families are to be enjoyed, aren't they? Were we not given each other relationally for enjoyment? Yeah. And God has invited us into joy. I was raised in the church and I did not understand that, that God wanted, to ha wanted me to enjoy him. I felt there was a great duty all of the time to perform well for him. I actually lived as an orphan rather than a son of God. As we go back to this idea of identity, what we want is we want to know who we are. And when we begin to understand that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, and it doesn't matter what happened in the past, the blood of Jesus has dealt with that. Do not let the enemy keep bringing that up. All he's using is shame and a design to try and separate us from our relationship with God. The blood of Jesus is sufficient. Now, we all say that, but the question is, in your heart of hearts, is the blood of Jesus sufficient, or do you have to do something to earn God's love and approval of you? Now, that's an individual place of actually reviewing that with God. That's one of the places the Spirit wants to speak to us. He wants to establish our identity. And out of that, then, we then see real transformation. So God has always wanted a family, and he wants to now restore the family. This next year is going to be a year of restoration, and God's going to do it. You and I need to cooperate with him. We are a treasure, and, uh, and so it's important. Uh, what, what's interesting to me is that all of the positive things that God brings into our lives, the enemy will try and criticize and shame us that we're too prideful, we're too arrogant. Maybe we haven't uh, uh, 
if, if, if um, it's, it's almost like um, if God really knew what you were like, well, he does. <laughs> but but it, it's that kind of thing. If God really knew what you were like, he wouldn't really like you. And, uh, and I, I, I'm here to say to you that, that God not only loves his creation, but he likes his creation. He says it's good. And so when he, when he made you and I, he loves us and he likes us. And uh, it wasn't until much later in life that I began to realize that God, God does like me. And, and it's not prideful or arrogant to say that. It's actually the truth. What's wrong with the truth? The truth has come to set us free. And so I want each of you to know that God not only loves you, but he likes you. He likes to be with you. He likes to spend time with you. And in that, then, the joy of the Lord will be released in your life. Okay, so um, we are not only sons and daughters of the Most High God, but we are also royal priests unto God. Now, royalty has power within the kingdom, doesn't it? Uh, there's a, uh, is it Netflix that has the crown on it right now? It's kind of an inter. It's uh, it, it's quite entertaining, uh, and uh, it's a picture into the life of the of the British uh, royal family. Okay, and uh, uh, but uh, what happens is is you it, it develops the characters. It develops the the people. You you begin to see them as as true humans, uh, living here in America and just knowing about them over in England and that. I mean, all you got was. Uh, uh, I know you had the tabloids that were always trying to give you the dirt on the on the family, but but it was it's an interesting uh, series because it develops the relationships and it helps you look into their lives. Now uh, I don't know that it was all necessarily true, uh, but it is interesting. It, it gives them life, and so uh, uh, it, it's it's a way for us to begin to see individuals that have governmental authority. Uh, and, um, and how uh, their, their strengths and their weaknesses. And so one of the things that God has done for us is we are declared royal priests. So with the royalty comes governmental authority. Um, with uh, being a priest, a priest ministers to God, and a priest also ministers to uh, the individual members of the gathering. Uh, if you look in the Old Testament, you see the priests. They minister to God and they also minister to the people. You and I are royal priests unto God. And so what has happened is God now uses us in his family as governmental authority to bring the kingdom of God into this realm. You and I minister to God because we are are in love with God. We are connected with God. He is looking for a relationship. He's also looking to take back this world from the kingdom of darkness. And he wants to use you and I, the, his royal family, to actually bring the kingdom of God here in this realm. That is why we pray the Lord's Prayer, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so with that, what happens is that you and I have governmental authority. Now, what, 
for me, uh, it's interesting. It was like whenever there was a teaching or a revelation that would come, uh, that would come, that would be true, the enemy would immediately come and try and shame it or criticize it. So anytime I would think about having some sort of power within the kingdom, God would say, that's, I mean, the enemy would say, that's prideful. How dare, who are you that you would think that you have any power or authority to do anything? That's just plain pride. That was a lie from the kingdom of darkness designed to criticize my identity and prevent me from actually pulling on heaven and releasing what God had given to me to the rest of the world around me. I was robbed by a lie. And it prevented me from doing what God had called me to do. I don't want that to happen with you and I. Do not be robbed of your identity. Do not let the enemy shame you, criticize you, or say that you're prideful or arrogant to believe in the truth. And yet the enemy does that. He's sneaky. Oh, he, we have that word diabolical for a reason, okay? He is. He's always looking for a way to criticize us and to steal our identity and thereby our authority. But as the family of God, you and I are sons and daughters, and we are royal priests unto God, exercising governmental authority, ministering to God, and also pulling on heaven to administer heaven to the individuals around us, your biological family, your, your church family. That's why the gifts, the anointings that you carry, and every one of us has at least one gift. The question is, is it being used? And the enemy will go, well, you know, you're, 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 you're not that well, you're not that well, you're not good at it. Well, the best way that I know how to be good at something is to practice, isn't it? Yeah, it's to practice. So the question is, are you practicing what God has done to you and through you in your life? Yeah, this year, may it be a year of great fruitfulness. May it be a year where you find out maybe you don't know what your gift is. Well, that can be easily determined it, there is prophetic utterance. There is actually the deep desires of your heart. What we want is we want to create a culture that allows each one of us to flourish. In my family of origin, in my own children, I want to create a culture where they flourish. God wants to create a culture where we flourish yeah, where we become everything that he has deposited within us to reveal his glory. This really isn't about us. It is, but, you know, it's also about him. Yeah. May your life be a testimony to what God has done. May your life reveal glory, the glory of God deposited within you and then transforming you, you know, it's kind of like sometimes I'm a little concerned about running into people I grew up in high school with. I'm a different person than I was then, okay? <laughs> hmm. 
I don't want them comparing notes with other people now who know me now. Why? Because I'm two very different people, okay? That old person is dead. <laughs> I don't even like to be reminded of it, okay? But thank God that he's done a work in me and he continues to do work. Have I arrived? No. Have you arrived? No. But we're in this together. This is an exciting journey of us watching each other being powerfully transformed by the workings of God in our lives to become everything that he had determined for us to be in the foundation of the earth. It's like, may we have a holy awe for the power and the intent of the living God within our lives for his glory. You and I are a part of something so huge, so beautiful, so powerful. And it is time for us in this next year to take hold of some more of what he has for us. Will we fully arrive next year? I don't know. But I do know that there's more yet that God needs to do in my life. And there's more that he yet needs to do in each of our lives. And you know what? We get to do it together. For me, there's a real comfort in that. Knowing that I'm not alone. I'm not an orphan. But I belong to a, I, I belong to a father. And I have a family that loves me and wants the best for me. And is looking out for me. Yeah, and in that, I will flourish. I will become something that will be of glory to God, and it will be the testimony of his love. Okay. Um, I won't... Uh, uh, well, let's see. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, just an important point here, uh, uh, because we always have this fight with the enemy about, uh, he always says you can't, and God says, yes, you can. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the enemy says, you can't be this, you can't do that, you know, those kinds of things, God says, yes, yes, you cannot, because I'm going to empower you to do that. I'm going to empower you to do all the things. Uh, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And so I want you to know, I want to remind you that this is not going to be a journey that is going to be done on your own power. It's going to be done by the power of the Spirit. Let's keep that fixed in our minds very firmly because what happens, the enemy comes and he begins to criticize and dissuade us. But all of the transformation that takes place is intended to bring glory to God. That means he is the initiator, he is the one who empowers it, and he's the one who produces that within us, okay? So rest in that. Now, for me, there's a great comfort in that. Huh. I don't have to make this happen, but I do have to cooperate with what God is doing within my life in order to see it accomplished within me. And so there is a responsibility but it's, first of all, the work of the Spirit. And then, second of all, I then cooperate with what God is doing. Okay. So, um, uh, we have, uh, let's see here. Uh, as, I'm, as I reflect on the current culture, 
I could become quite fearful. Uh, but what happens here is that in that I remind myself that God has been the God of the past. He is the God of the present and he is also the God of the future. As we enter into this new year, remind yourself of that. No matter what the media says and no matter what everything else says, okay? Not saying you shouldn't be involved in the culture or society. I'm just saying that do not let fear remove from you a faith in God's ability to redeem anything and everything in your own life and the lives of others. Because that's the scheme of the enemy. He replaces, the enemy replaces faith with fear. And we are vulnerable to fear. Because fear then begins to crush our ability to have any hope for a future. And in that, we then do not position, position ourselves to receive the resources of heaven because we've already said no because of our fear. Does that make sense? You see where we, if we embrace fear, we literally say no to God and his provision and blessing and his power invading our lives. And so fear is our enemy. So when you begin to feel fear, know that is the work of the enemy and he is attempting to repress faith in you and a hope for God's divine intervention into the situation that you find yourself in or into the future, okay? I have seen God do some very miraculous things when you live in that place of hope. But fear prevents him. Why? Because then I can't receive I can't receive what he has for me. And so do not let fear take over your life. This past year has been a year filled with fear, okay? Now, there's a difference between fear and wisdom, okay? I don't walk up to the edge of the Grand Canyon and then uh, put my foot over it and slide down and attempt it. That's, that's, that's stupidity, okay? <laughs> That's why they have a fence, is to prevent us from getting. So there are, there's wisdom in our lives. And so hear my heart here. It's not, you know, we, we don't do the, the things that uh, are, are inappropriate in a sort of attempting of God. But rather, what we do is we, in our relationship with God, we understand what it is that he's asking us to risk or to do that will release the kingdom within our lives, okay? And so there's wisdom and there's fear, and we want to practice appropriate wisdom in our understanding. But fear is of the enemy. God intends to replace the fears of the past, and maybe that would be one of the things that we'll look at as far as ministry at the end here is that we'll stand and we'll have, uh, we'll have God break the power of those fears in our lives and replace them with a faith, a hope, and an expectation for God intervening in that place of fear and transforming us out of that. And there are all sorts of fears that we have. Uh, and uh, uh, so, so God is the one who wants to replace fear in our lives with a faith in him. So as... Um, um, 
this transformation, uh, and I believe that's the word for this next year. At least it is for me personally. My wife asked uh, each one of us uh, on New Year's Eve, so what's the word of the Lord for you? And I, I didn't have anything at that point in time. You know, she caught me off guard. She does that, you know. I don't know. <laughs> well, hey, you know. <laughs> she does, you know, but it caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, well, you're, you're starting to see a picture into our marriage. <laughs> There's some transformation that still needs to take place with me, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I believe it's transformation. Uh, and uh, so I'm sharing that with you. Uh, maybe that will touch you. Maybe, maybe that will be a place where, where you feel like the Lord is really saying to you, transformation. He's bringing transformation uh, to us. Uh, and so um, uh, uh, this transformation is always the work of the Spirit uh, with our responsibility to cooperate. Uh, turn to Galatians 2. Uh, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because it is, it's an act of love. Christ sacrificed himself for me. And as I sacrifice myself to him, there's a power that is released in that relationship that brings about the radical change that you and I need. And so, um, in that, as you and I receive the power of God in our lives, and we receive the kingdom rule and reign, the work within us, what happens then is that God takes over. I become less. I then surrender to his goodness. I need to do that. And in that, then, I am transformed into his likeness and image. And so I just want to leave that verse with you uh, as a verse that, that is an indication of what God really wants to do in our lives. Now, the call to action for each of us is that I believe that we want to cultivate the ability to hear his voice. In other words, listen to his voice. Uh, he speaks to us in many different ways. There's scripture, uh, there is uh, the words uh, that came, uh, come uh, in the rhema word uh, in your prayer. Uh, Leanne Payne, an author, uh, 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 saved uh, 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 an individual that was a, uh, a professor at Wheaton College, uh, said that um, we need to get down on our knees and think with God. I like that. 
I like that idea. You know, when I was raised in the church, I believe that prayer was uh, basically uh, the idea of throwing requests over a wall, hoping that God would, would pick them up and is wandering in the garden out in the backyard or whatever. Uh, I didn't realize that I could actually enter into uh, the throne room and actually talk to him and be a part of what he has for me. Uh, and so... Uh, as we get down on our knees and we think with God, as we listen to God, uh, prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. And so uh, some of you may not uh, be familiar with that, but, but really I just want to encourage you as you look into your prayer life with God, remember it's a dialogue. Give God some time to actually speak to you. Let his voice speak to you. Okay. In that, you also want to avo- uh, obey his voice. Uh, whether it be uh, through the spoke, uh, the written word, but, uh, but also when he gives you specific instructions. Uh, in the deep desire, uh, you and I need to produce uh, or pursue unity within the body of Christ, uh, within our own lives. And, and he's looking for a unity. He wants a unity with, between yourself and yourself, okay? An inner healing, if you will. There needs to be a unity within you. Okay. There also needs to be a unity within your, your family. Now, uh, you're going to do your best to be a part of that. You can't make other people perform or do things that they are unwilling to do, but you want to create your culture, your part of, uh, and responsibility in, in providing unity as best you can. And you also want to pursue unity with God. Okay, because there are things within our relationship with God that, that provide discord. You, you're well aware that in relationships, whether it's a marriage or whether it's a, a family or a work environment, all of those relationships have places of unity and they also have places of disagreement, discord, and those kinds of things. Uh, but the Spirit of God wants to bring unity in all of those things. He wants us to be the peacemakers, to bring the power of peace into our, into our lives. And out of that, uh, what, then we see uh, the uh, transformation in other people. You realize that changing the change that God wants to bring within your own life is what is foundational. Now, that happens in your connectedness with God, but out of that, out of that health and wholeness within your eternal being and your health and wholeness with God, then you have the power to actually uh, live healthy and whole relationships with other people to the best of your ability, okay? So it's foundational that you and I receive unity within ourselves, and that is a gift of the Spirit, and it happens in different ways. And in that, the unity with Father God, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Spirit, and then out of that then flows unity within relationships of other people. I want uh, to... Uh, so. Um, so I want to hear the voice of God more. I want to uh, obey his voice. I want to pursue unity. I want to live in expectant faith, okay? Uh, and an expectancy in our faith. Now, you might say that's, uh, you know, it's kind of like, well, that's a no-brainer. Well, uh, but, but I think that sometimes faith has kind of a... a, a, a it, it doesn't make sense to us. We use that word and we throw it out there, but we don't even realize what it really means. But, but when you look at true faith, faith has an expectancy. It pulls on the relationship with God. 
Uh, I am not an orphan. I am a son of God. And as a result of that, in that, I can live with expectancy that he will meet me wherever I need to meet him, that he will provide the resources, he will do what he needs to do, and I want to receive that. And so uh, I think that sometimes we, we, um, we just, uh, we have this, uh, uh, we make this request without expecting it to be fulfilled. Um, early on in my Christian experience, there was always this thing, uh, <laughs> Lord, um, uh, you know, do this, if it be your will. Uh, it is his will. It's his will to love us. It's his will to heal us. It's his will to deliver us. It's the will to set us free. It's, you know, all of those things are his will. His will is for the abundance of his kingdom in our lives. And so, so I ask that you would pray with expectancy that God would really move in your life and cooperate with that. Pursue love as you relate. And that's the positive pull of God's love because that's what brings real transformation. And above all, enjoy the relationship. Seek joy. Enjoy the relationship. Give God permission daily to transform your life into the likeness of Jesus. Out of that, in that foundational transformation, in within ourselves, we then become healthy and whole members of the family of God. And out of that, you will see the glory of God revealed, not only in your own life, but in the lives of others. And ladies and gentlemen, we're all in this together. God has called us as a family. We belong to each other. And in that, then there is great power and there is beauty and comfort. All of the benefits of a healthy and whole family are available to us as we press into God. Stand with me. Let's pray. And we'll... Um, um, I, just, uh, I just feel that with that spirit of fear, I, I'd like to just... Uh, uh, you, you, uh, we don't need... Uh, it's, it's a personal place right now for you. And that is those, those things that you have been afraid of. Uh, I feel like the Lord wants you to bring those before him. Uh, and ask him to set you free from that. Uh, because uh, it's a new day. It's a new year. It's a new day in the kingdom of God. And he deeply desires to set us free from fear. And grant to us now a a faith and an expectation that he will reveal himself in the place of that. So Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, three in one, we come before you and we ask that you would now do your work because Lord, you are good. You are good at doing your work within your children. Lord, we receive your comfort right now, the blessing of your presence, and the power that comes in that love that you have for us. And we ask, Lord God, that we now delineate those fears. We're just going to take a moment. And so, Lord, we just bring before you those individual fears yeah, that have robbed us of faith, that have prevented us from being who you've declared us to be. 
that have prevented us from exercising our royal governmental authority in your kingdom. Lord, we humbly come before you and we say it is all about you. Yes, you're the one who is life and truth. And you have given yourself to us, Lord God. And so we have nothing to fear. And so, Lord, we say, take these fears and now fill us with faith. Fill us with joy that we might enjoy life. Thank you, Jesus. And so we break covenant with the kingdom of darkness. We break covenant with fear. And we now establish your new covenant in our lives, a covenant of faith, a covenant that expects the beautiful, majestic aspects of your life to penetrate our life and transform us in the likeness and image of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And all God's people said, amen. Be blessed. You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.